All right, welcome back. Episode three of the Everything Property Podcast. For those of you that are playing along at home, I'll have you know that 90% of podcasts don't make it past their second episode. So the fact we've hit number three means we're heading in the right direction. The first foundation we'll be discussing are your personal attributes, what you can control before you even begin on any sort of property journey, or if you have begun, something that you can constantly look to refine and tweak along the way, right? With that being said, today's episode, as you probably guessed if you looked at the title, is all things mindset. Whilst I can't do anything physically as this is a podcast, I do acknowledge that you're listening to me and I'm, I'm hoping that we can prompt a light twitch moment or trigger some change and to inspire you to take action in your life because realistically, you are always one decision away from a completely different life. Pick one, the pain of staying where you are or the pain of growth. Hopefully, by the end of today's episode, you'll know what pain you need to pick. As things stand, I think there's there's really two mindsets that people fall into, and that is a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. Now, it's not my job to out anyone on this podcast, whether they be fixed or growth, but perhaps by running through both of the examples I have prepared, you may be able to associate yourself with one of those. Be brutally honest with yourself because it's nothing. if nothing in your life changes, nothing changes. There's no judgment here. It's just you and I trying to get the best out of each other. We're talking about fixed and growth mindset. A fixed mindset is very much a person that believes their attributes such as their intelligence is fixed. It's static. To relate this to, to property, they may say things like, I don't get property, it's too complicated or that amount of debt is bad. I'd rather just play it safe. They're really someone who believes they will that things have always been this way or they've they've done things because this is how we've always done things. You know, it's it's people that say, oh, I've always been bad at maths or I'm not a morning person. They avoid challenges, avoid feedback, putting in any sort of effort. There's no reason for it. Now, ultimately, they are scared of failure, I think, because that's embarrassing and they don't want to be judged by others. Fair enough, fair enough. There's absolutely nothing wrong with a fixed mindset or what I like to call the comfort zone. No growth happens here. You don't extend yourself in any way, but things are nice, cozy, and comfortable. You'll often hear people say that the comfort zone is where dreams go to die. On the other hand, is a growth mindset. Now, a growth mindset, if you have a growth mindset, you believe that your personal attributes, like your intelligence and talent, can be developed or grown over time. It's as easy as that. Someone with a growth mindset may say things like, I didn't know too much about property to begin with, but after educating myself and taking the time to learn, I see it as a valuable tool. They may also say things like, there's a difference between Good and bad debt. My good debt is in appreciating assets like investment properties and I've eliminated all bad debt or depreciating assets from my portfolio, i.e. credit cards. They're not afraid of challenging themselves on something new as there's no such thing as failure, only lessons learned for next time. Let me tell you a story about the humble lobster. Right, delicious cuisine, a bit pricey sometimes depending where you go. The lobster's got what we call an exoskeleton, which means it's got a hard shell on the outside of its body while the rest of the inside is the soft stuff where it grows. Kind of the opposite to us humans. We have our skeleton on the inside and we have the soft fleshy skin around the outside. Now, as the lobster grows and grows, it gets to a point where the internal soft parts of the lobster start to put a bit of pressure on the exoskeleton. It's uncomfortable. In order to grow, it 
it needs to break that exoskeleton. The hard exoskeleton remains at the same size, right? So you have this internal part that's growing up and pushing up against the exoskeleton, which is hard. Now, what happens is, is when the the lobster gets to this stage, right, where it's extremely uncomfortable, that the inner soft part of the lobster's growing and pushing out against the hard shell, and it's extremely uncomfortable. What does the lobster do? The lobster breaks that part of the exoskeleton and then grows and then grows a new part of the exoskeleton for the growing size of the lobster. It's only in this discomfort that it realizes its true potential and to break into a new form. Similar to mindset and similar to how you hold yourself when learning about property and life in general. If you are in this fixed mindset, you are in this comfortable shell where you're not growing and you're staying the same size. Whereas as a growth mindset, when we look at the the lobster, for example, and we're growing or growing, we may be in an uncomfortable stage, but we're challenging ourselves and we're growing, we're getting bigger and we're getting better and we're taking more on board. Another thing to consider when when I think of the two is how you talk to yourself. What conversations... Do you have with yourself? Lewis House speaks of this concept and he has this thing where he he refers to it as helping or hurting. So is what you're saying to yourself helping you grow or is it hurting? Have you conceded that you're not a morning person because you've told yourself that? How long did you last getting up early? Doing chores, goals, exercise before everyone else started the day? Did you really give it a good shot? Or it's just the narrative that you feed yourself that you're very happy to stay comfy and to stay in that mindset that, yeah, I'm not a morning person, never have, never will be. Or if you actually went about challenging yourself, something to something to think about, right? That builds into your resilience, which can be defined. I've got the a dictionary definition in front of me as the capacity to withstand or to recover quickly from difficulties. I believe resilience is linked heavily to a growth mindset. And I'm hoping that we can have some people on this podcast to share their stories about resilience and how they overcame adversity and struggle and and just grit their teeth and chewed through it, right? There's always going to be things that go wrong regarding property, whether that be natural disasters, repairs, interest rate rises, things from council, things from engineers, maintenance, bad tenants, pests, all that kind of stuff. But what do you do when this happens? Do you throw in the towel? And when things get tough, you sell. You know, there's, um, I'm sure there's plenty that know someone amongst us or a friend of a friend that said, look, it was too many headaches. I had to sell. It wasn't worth my time, all that kind of stuff. When really, maybe they didn't have enough resilience to be able to bounce back or did they didn't have the right buffers or mechanisms in place to be able to deal with something like this when it comes up. As my boy Drake says, more money, more problems. And yes, the bigger you build your portfolio, your project, your renovation, or your purchase, the more problems that you're going to have to face. Think of Think of some of these guys that have 10, 20, 30, 40 properties. They're probably sleeping well at night because they've got the correct mechanisms in place. They're resilient. They have the right mindset. They have the right buffers in place that you know they don't stay up losing sleep. Another key item I want to talk about is the idea of sacrifice and delayed gratification. Now, for those unfamiliar with the term gratification, it's pretty much pleasure. And the longer you can delay rewarding yourself, i.e. delayed gratification, the better the long-term outcome and the sooner that you can hit your goals. Think, if you want to reward yourself instantly as soon as you have the first bit of 
capital growth in an investment property and use that to buy a car or you know something about something fancy like that then the longer it's going to take then the longer it's going to take for you to hit your property goals to hit that 100k in passive income the longer it's going to take you to build up enough properties to retire from your from your everyday job or to hit that 10 15 20 portfolio you want to delay as long as you can to compound your results. Like when you buy a house, you don't sell it after one year. If any, if everyone that bought pre-COVID sold because everyone was experiencing double-digit growth during COVID. Now, if everyone went and sold after one or two years, that's great, that's fantastic, but then you're back to square one. Sometimes you might have to sell during your portfolio, totally different scenario, but what we're talking about here is being able to compound, build our portfolios out, build our purchases out, build our projects out, renovations, all that kind of stuff, for that to realize and for that to compound into bigger and better things. One example you have in everyday life is when you go to the gym. You can't just rock up, eat well for one day, trying good for one session and think that you're going to be fit and have a six pack. It's not going to it's not going to happen. It doesn't work like that. You need to show up week after week. You need to be training well. You need to eat right in order for you to make the gains, right? Realistically, you need to ask yourself a question, what price are you prepared to pay in order to achieve your goal? Without a doubt, the first purchase that you make when you're saving saving your deposit, saving up for the house, the first purchase you make is always going to be the harder one. From there, hopefully, I'm hoping by the end of this podcast series, you can have the education to make the right selection, purchase the right asset for when you make your second, third, fourth, fifth, and, and then on and then and so forth. You don't need to keep saving deposits. You just roll the equity that you've made off property one into buying property two. Then when you're buying property three, you're using equity from properties one and two to buy number three. That's the aim of the game is to use as much as other people's money, i.e. the banks, to buy these properties. Now, next point I have here is that comparison is the thief of joy. Unfortunately, the society and the world that we live in today is ever-changing. It's significantly different to the world that your parents grew up in, no matter how old they are. And it's different to the world that your kids' kids will grow up in. It's it's evolving and one of the biggest changes that has a massive effect on your mindset is social media. Or some like to call it, as I refer to it sometimes, it's a highlights reel. It's because it's almost as if it's like a competition. It's a flex for, for influencers and friends and, and people in your group who has the biggest highlight, the best car, who's got the who's bought the latest thing, the latest tech gadget, who spent the most money. You know, who's flaunting that on the outside? Now, it's important to know that when scrolling on social media, it's hard not to compare yourself with other people. You know, people just bought a, maybe some people just bought a house. Someone's just, someone's just bought a brand new car and you're driving around and you clapped out Mitsubishi or something like that. Now, but you have to stop. You can't compare yourself to these people. Everyone's running a different journey in life. People start at the start. People, some people get a head start. Some people are close to the finish line. Some people have finish lines closer than others. You know, some people just want one property and that's it. They'll be happy. There's nothing wrong with that. Some people want 10. Some people want 50. Some people want 100,000 passive income. Some people want 300,000 passive income. It's totally, it's going to be different depending on the person, right? But one thing you need to realize that when you're scrolling social media, is that you can't compare yourself to these people. Run your own race, have your horse blinkers on and be focused on your goal. You know, one thing I like to do is clean up your feed with people and pages that inspire you. Sure, if you think you need this, there's some people that you may feel that you need to follow. I've been guilty of it too, but you can always hide their posts, hide their stories if you think it's toxic or that you don't want to see, if you think it's bringing you further away from your goal, trying to 
every time that you log into social media that you're seeing their updates. One thing you might want to think of as well is do you need that person as a friend? You hear it all the time. We are often the average of the five people that we hang out with. Have a look at who are those five people in your life? What they're like? What are they done? Where they come from? Where they headed? What direction? What direction are they heading? Because realistically, that's where you're going to be heading to. You're going to be the you're going to be the average of the five people that you hang out with. Do you have people that are challenging you, that want the best from you, that are trying to help you, that are encouraging you, that are supporting you on your ventures, or like people just don't really care, just pretty comfortable, just want to you know chill out, just want to relax. Nothing wrong with that, but just know that the direction that they're going is the direction that you're going. Another massive thing with mindset is managing your cash flow. This is probably an entire episode in itself, but a recent exercise that I did, and holy shit, when I when I say this, please believe me, it blew my mind, is to get a three-month statement printed from your bank. So I currently have a few banks. So what I did... I went to uh, one bank I had to email, one bank you can do it online, but you can get a, a, a PDF printout and, and do yourself a favor and spend the, the couple of hours it is, but go to the bank that you bank with, print out. What I did is I printed out in PDF form the my financial statements for the last three months. I then sat down with a highlighter and a pen and I made a spreadsheet of each fortnight the money that I spent. The first the spending is discretionary spending, which is the shit you really don't need to spend money on, but you do. It's the extras, it's the dining out, it's the five streaming services that you pay for every single week. It's the impulse purchases that you make when you see a sale. You know, do you really need six pairs of black leggings, Sarah? Probably not. People think that they just grab Uber Eats one or two times a fortnight. Do you really? Or do you grab Uber Eats every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night? It adds up. As well as Milk Run. It's all that fluffy stuff in between. So look, tally up all this and look at how much you're actually spending on a pay cycle. How much money you're actually blowing in the short term. For what reason? For comfort. Like our little friend, the lobster, you need to get used to being uncomfortable, breaking these the mold and the habits that you've potentially spent years doing. As James Clear, um, so James Clear is the author of Atomic Habits, says he says, time magnifies the margin between success and failure. Good habits make time your ally and bad habits make time your enemy. There's a goal settings and a habits episode coming up. So make sure you stay tuned for that one. But trust me, just do it as an exercise and see where you get. Now on the other side of that is the non-discretionary spending. These are things you need to pay to survive. So it's things like your rent, your mortgage, electricity, utilities, groceries, phone bill, these things, these items, you still want to look over, right? One thing I believe we're all guilty of at some point in our lives is hand on heart, myself included, is the reoccurring gym membership auto debit from your, from that gym you no longer go to. It could be 16 bucks a week, 20 bucks a week, but maybe there's that and some other memberships that you're no longer utilizing that you can go back, review, Trim the fat. Keep yourself accountable for these spending habits. And it's the name of the game. Remember, when you're going for a loan, the bank's going to ask for three months worth of statement. So it's important that you've sorted this stuff out before it gets to them. And yes, I'm talking about, lads, I'm talking about the multiple donations that you make to Sportsbet every single week. When you manage your cash flow and you truly know what you're spending, you can then forecast how much you're going to save, set some savings goals, and it makes purchasing in terms of borrowing capacity easier as well as saving your deposit. You can also then make buffers for things like maintenance, interest rate rises, and that kind of stuff. Don't be alarmed if this is new information or you're confused 
or you're trying to open the notes of your phone to write this stuff down, we are going to be going into it in more detail in later episodes. But do yourself a favor. First-time investors, first-time home buyers, or even veteran investors, just try it out. It's probably only going to be a few hours of your week. And I guarantee you're going to be very, very intrigued with the results. It's not going to take too much of your time, but it's also going to show you the direction that you're heading. I know exactly what's going through. There's going to be some people out there that are heroes, and they're not going to be all of us, but there will be some heroes amongst us that say, ah, don't need to do this, but... Or they say, yeah, nah, my spending's in check. If you're listening to me now, I challenge you on it. What sort of mindset do you have if you just answered the question and said, oh, I don't need to do this. Oh, my spending's in check. Because if you had a growth mindset, you'd be like, oh, that sounds like a good idea. And I'm always looking for ways to trim my spending, save a bit of extra money. You know, you only have to save 200 bucks a week. Over a year, that's $10,000. Compounded for three years, that's 30 grand well on your way to a deposit to put towards an investment or your, your PPR. You know, you can get into, your, if you're a first home buyer, you can get in with a 5% deposit these days, 30 grand saved up just on that. We're not even talking about the amount of money you put away a week in saving. Add that in, that should be probably 30% of your paycheck. So you've, you're saving 30% of your paycheck. Maybe you've just saved an extra 30K over three years. You're well on your way to saving a large deposit for your first home for some buffers. I mean, if you can save 10 grand a year, that's a a pretty comfortable buffer per investment property so that when the interest rates go up, so when maintenance issues and that calls happen, you have that buffer in place, you have that 10 grand sitting in that offset and you're chilling back knowing that the house is insured, I've got a 10 grand buffer and I can sleep at night. My challenge for anyone listening that thinks that their spending is A1 top notch, please do me a favor, get into contact with me, jump on the Everything Property Instagram page, send me a DM, I'll give you my email address. I guarantee you there'll be some excess fat that you can cut out. If you don't trust me or if you don't know me, have someone else review it. Send it to your partner, send it to your your brother, your sister, mom, dad, someone that you can trust to review it and give you that spreadsheet of what's discretionary, what's non-discretionary and how you're actually spending your money. Are you actually saving 30% of your paycheck a week? Are you not? You know, you might you might be like, yeah, I am. And then you look over your bank statements and you've got a couple of memberships that you no longer utilize, all that Uber Eats, and you're actually not saving what you think it is. It's, it, it's a great exercise to do. I mentioned it before, Lewis House. Is it helping or is it hurting? Is that purchase going to help or is that purchase going to hurt? Do I, need to, do I need to make that purchase now? I've heard people say that different people have different limits, but if it's over, some people have a $500 limit. Some people have a $1,000 limit. Is that they need to sleep on it for a week. If they're going to spend $1,000 on something, they need to spend a week sleeping on it and thinking about it to come to a decision. It's not just, I want this, $1,000, make the purchase. And the last point I want to cover in today's episode when we're talking about mindset is self-discipline. It's the art of training yourself against your rules. Say yourself against your rules because it's a good chance that unless you do it, nobody else is going to come to assist. Your family have their own lives to deal with, school, TAFE, uni, that stuff only goes for so long. That stuff's a couple of years at the front point of your life. After that, you're on your own. And if you can master the art of self-discipline, any goal that you set yourself is achievable. But to do this, you need to set systems. Goals are great for general direction. My goal is to lose 10 kilos or my goal is to save 20 grand by the end of the year. Perfect, that's a great goal. But what systems are you putting in place to be able to get there? Goals set the direction. Systems are the processes that will get you the results that you desire. People that are well-disciplined are that way because they've structured their lives in a way that does not require a whole heap of willpower or self-control. 
You know, if you find yourself spending an exorbitant amount on Uber Eats, it's going to be a hell of a lot harder for you to make those purchases if you no longer have the app. You know, if you've if you're disciplined, you've wrote out the shopping list for the week, you've done your groceries, you've, you have food, snacks, dinner, lunch, breakfast sorted for the whole week, it makes it a hell of a lot easier to save that money and be disciplined. So look, guys, to summarize, today's episode we talked about the difference between a fixed and a growth mindset. How to identify both and what characteristics someone with either may have. Don't panic and remember, no judgment here. There's always room for improvement and change as long as you're open to it. We spoke about resilience, how this is linked to growth mindset and how crucial it will be along the property journey. We stressed the importance of sacrifice and delay gratification. Remembering the longer that you're able to delay the gratification, the sooner that you can achieve your long-term goals. And we also touched on discipline and ways in which we can monitor and manage cash flow to help save money, which can be used for deposits, buffers, and which can be used for renovations or anything property related. Wrapping up, guys, look, if you've got, again, if you've got any feedback, good, bad, ugly, let me hear it. Hit me up. Head over to the Everything Property Instagram if you want. Send me, if you have any questions about today's episode, send me through a DM in text or voice if you want to be mentioned and we can definitely address it. For those of you new to the podcast, I like to leave every podcast I like to leave you with as a listener, leave you with something. So today, one thing I want to leave you with this week talking about mindset is something to think about long-term retirement. It's crucial if you if you have this growth mindset and you're thinking long-term plays. Retirement is something you definitely do need to be thinking about. Property, in my opinion, is a great way to set up for it. And if you're growing that knowledge base, there's a good chance you already think about it. Not everyone wants to work till they're old and leave it to the government to help them out when they get older. Some stats I've researched. You can Google it after you finish this podcast. According to the Australian Bureau of Statistics, in 2018-2019, 49% of people retired around that 55-60 years old and they relied on the pension. About 50%, about half of people relied on the pension. For those of you playing along at home and, and perhaps they're a little bit younger. Do you actually know how much the pension is? The the pension with all the maximum supplements from the government is about $513.25. That's with all the supplements, power, rates, all that kind of thing. With all those supplements, $500. You've worked hard your whole entire life. 35, 40, some of us that got into the workforce at 15 years old, 40 years, 45 years you've worked. And as a reward, you're going to have $500 a week till the day you die as the pension. Does that sound like a good deal? We talked about the exercise of breaking down your fortnightly spending. You know, you, you know what you're spending now. That's not going to include that travel and that holidays that you want to do once you get a little older. Once you're retired, you've got a bit more time. Maybe you want a holiday every couple of weeks. Ask yourself this. Is the pension of 500 bucks a week going to be enough? 